This is a Rooster Teeth production. All right, this is episode 37. Uh, last episode was at Radio Coffee. Uh, we talked about how Snoopy owned a Hooters. Uh, we talked about no substitutions at El Gallo. Uh, we talked a little bit about South by Southwest, uh, high school snacks, conventions, uh, doing a live show at RTX, which is coming up in July. Uh, so that, that should be a lot of fun. And, um, oh, we got the name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Forgot That's about right. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. We also have audio texture. You know what's funny, Eric? Yeah. I don't see any grass anywhere. <laughs> oh, there he goes. <laughs> Why? There I don't, goes. There's there's nothing to cut. There's nothing to trim. Is that a ride-on mower? Yeah. We're, we're, we are... He's on the strip of land that's as wide as the mower, it looks we, like. We're in a parking lot. <laughs> what grass is being mowed here? <laughs> we're at Patika down on South Lamar, which is like right next to Loro and by Golden Goose, I guess. Uh, and we're just like in a, like a little courtyard that's fenced off with cinder block and there's a dude on a riding mower for some reason making sure the parking lot doesn't get too high i don't know what he's doing over there it's so fucking loud <laughs> i think he's done it's like jeff said the whatever he's on must be as wide as the mower because he's gone immediately rolled up and went how is there lawn care going on there's no lawn there's like nothing. there's no gray jeff went it'd be done fast <laughs> That's a good one, Constantine. That's a Keanu Reeves movie. Is that what you're doing? Stop. We're We're doing a different show. Yeah, I know. The Gift, that was a good one, We're doing a different show now. We're talking about... The replacements, hilarious. Replacements is a great movie. Hilarious. We're dropping movies. I I think... Sorting some shit out? The the replacements is like Major League for football. Yes, absolutely. I think it's great. Absolutely. I think it's really good. Like the NFL? Sorry, we got in a conversation about uh, Sister Act, and somehow yeah. that turned into uh, talking about how there's a lot of good Keanu Reeves movies you don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there are. Go back and look. <laughs> he was making movies, I promise you. Um, so, have you, have you drank, have you had, have you, are you just opening your coffee for the first time? Yeah. Have you drank this yet? I haven't had any yet. I'll save it for on Okay. Air. Yeah, I just, I just took a, a, a sip. I had an Americano. Gus, like Gus, Gus took a sip and went... Oh, <laughs> uh, it's not okay. It's not, a, not a good. It's a little bitter. It's bitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. it's uh, five and a half. Six. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're, are we? So we got the name, and we're just changing the whole morning, format Gus. of the show. Yeah, we'll just get all. <laughs> yeah, get the coffee review out of the way immediately. <laughs> the uh, it's gonna turn off now. The, 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 the painter's <laughs> tape on the window over. You should take a photo of that. It looks like a smiling face. Well, it does. I bet that's on purpose. You think so? Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? It's uh It's looking at us smiling. It's like, hey. I know what anima means, and I'm happy now because <laughs> okay. I don't have so, to do this anymore. So we've had we've had some time to think about it. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about the name? Uh, dude, that guy looks like a young, skinny Louis C.K. Uh, he does. I feel right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, I feel pretty good about it still. Okay. I still think I feel. Like I listened to that episode this morning mm-hmm. uh, when I was getting ready, and uh, I feel much the same I felt like in the moment. I'm still a little shocked. Uh, it makes way more sense to me than than I thought it would. Yeah. Uh, Gus's dream logic has logic to it. Well, there was, there which, is still logic. Nice. It's just like dream. It's abstracted. Yeah, it's I, not mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily make sense in a conventional way. I still think. Uh, I mean, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for for merchandising now. <laughs> we finally we, gotta, oh, we saw the mug afterward. Yeah, we didn't talk about I haven't this. Seen that. Uh, I saw the mug. It's fucking cool, and we should still make the mug. Is it too late to change it to the Torgard mug? <laughs> we should send Togard. Uh, to- Tor- Torgard. Torgard. Torgard is the guy who who guessed the name and was thrilled and was screaming in bed with his girlfriend when he heard that he got the name right. Uh, good hey, for him. Hey, better that he's screaming in bed with his girlfriend than somebody else. 
Uh, so way to go. We're gonna send some uh, send some stuff out to Tour Guard. I'm gonna I'm gonna get with them today. But I'll I'll loop that back into the end of the show because I have a segment that I want to get to at the end oh, instead of name guessing. A segment. Yeah. Segment. So that and that'll be that'll be at the very end. Have not run that by you guys at all, but it does not matter. Um, Segments are when shows usually go downhill. I read. Yeah. We did the, t- but we've been doing a segment f- at the end of the last ten minutes of this show has always yeah. been a segment. Not a bit though. Not a bit. No, no, do not call it a bit. <laughs> it's well, it's not a bit. Difference. It's a segment. So, Gus, you wanted to talk about Puerto Rico. Yeah, today. I've been thinking a lot. Um, you know, Rooster Teeth having its twentieth anniversary, and there's been a lot of uh, headlines. Like the New York Times did a story the other day about Rooster. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they did a story <laughs> about the uh, the twentieth anniversary of the invasion of the Iraq War. So I've been thinking a lot back about 20 years ago, about early, to, about this time, you know, 2003. Uh, and, you know, at that time, uh, I was living in Puerto Rico. I just moved to Puerto Rico in late February of 2003, right before Rich Teeth really took off in earnest. And uh, I, I feel like we've been doing this long enough where people at first knew that I had been living in Puerto Rico. And I feel like everyone's forgotten that. Like, there's, <laughs> there's so much turnover in, uh, in audiences. And, uh, like, that's just like something that's that's in the past and forgotten and you know when we did when you would record red versus blue audio you know y'all would have to call me on the phone yeah and put me on speakerphone to record my audio uh which is why season one sounds like that do you want to hear me piss gus off instantly oh i would love it like in two seconds i'm, I'm old and calm now you can't piss me off anymore this whole puerto rico thing the narrative is that we started Rooster Teeth. We started. We started making Red versus Blue. It was a lot of. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. And as soon as it became like, as soon as the fun ended and it became a lot of work, Gus is like, "Sorry guys, I'm moving to Puerto Rico. Best of luck." And then the motherfucker abandoned us for like a year, where it was just me and Bernie busting our asses for a full fucking year. We hated each other. Couldn't even talk to each other. We were so stressed out all the time. And Gus is on the beach learning how to surf. How many episodes of Red versus Blue did you film before I left? A hundred. They never. They hadn't done anything. That's, that's, that's not what, that's not what happened. I know, that's not the reality of the situation, but that is how it's been that, remembered. That's how it's been permitted. That, that, that is not what happened at all. Um, there was nothing had been made before I left. That's not true. But the trailer. Yeah. But the trailer had come out in September of 2002. That's true. Uh, and then, like, nothing had been done with it. It wasn't until, like, we finished Drunk Gamers, or we killed Drunk Gamers at the end of January 03. Yeah. Um, and then great decision, by yeah. the way. Congratulations. Still, still stand by that decision. Pissed everybody off, but we were we were in the right. And then that's when the the magazine contacted about running the Apple Switch parody on the disc. And then that's when like Red vs. Blue spun up very quickly as a follow up project to um, to capitalize on that. Yeah. And my move to Puerto Rico was already cemented by that point. And you know, I think you know we say April first, two thousand three is like the anniversary of the company. It didn't really. Start exactly on April first. It was somewhere around there. I don't. Mm-hmm. I can. I couldn't tell what the exact date either. was. I'm sure Bernie has a very stuffy answer about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it. It really work on it started in earnest after after I left. So yeah. I, I tried to do what I could remotely uh, to help, like answer emails. Um, you know, like manage, like take care of the forums. You know, take care of the website. Because uh, back then, you know, it was a which we've talked about this before. It was like a movable type template. Yeah. Uh, for blog posting, and then we use PHPBB for the forums. So whenever someone like sent money to sponsor or super sponsor, like I would take care of the backend stuff, like giving them appropriate forum access, you know, keeping track of their address so that we knew where to send a DVD if necessary. Why don't you explain what a sponsor and a super sponsor are? Oh, we have two levels of sponsorship. I guess, Patronage. Where, yeah, where people could give us money. They could give ten dollars. 
for the season and would give them elevated access on the PHPBB forum. Like they would have an exclusive forum. They would get a star by their name and uh, they would get like high resolution versions of the episode. So like instead of 360 versions, they would get 480 versions. Didn't they get them early as well? Or was that just Super Sponsor? I thought they both did. Super Sponsor just got the DVD. I think they did both get them early. So so the other thing was Friday night we would release an episode of Red vs. Blue and it didn't hit the public until Monday or Sunday? Uh, I think it was Sunday. Sunday. And I think part of it was that, so, because we would distribute via BitTorrent. Yeah. So we wanted to distribute to a small group of people so they would <laughs> hopefully seed it as well. So it wasn't just all seeding from our three internet connections. It also wasn't for this re- for this purpose, but we used it for this purpose constantly. The super sponsors and the sponsors would discover mistakes in the episodes, which we could then go correct very nice. quickly before they hit the public. Yeah. Smart. That happened on occasion. Um, and then super sponsor was just like the next level. It was $20 for the season, and you got all the same things, except you got a DVD at the end. Yeah. Uh, and you got, I think, if I remember right, on the forum, you got two little stars by your name instead of one star. Uh, that sounds right. I, I, I want to say that that was the case. Uh, just to differentiate, you gave ten bucks more, and you were getting a DVD. Um, but man, it was a, uh, it was, <laughs> it, Puerto Rico is beautiful, uh, but it was a struggle to live there in 2003, just because the internet was not great. Mm. They did have cable modems, like they, so. There was quote unquote high speed internet. It wasn't super fast. It was way slower than what we had in Austin at the time. Uh, and the power was unreliable at best. Yeah. Uh, definitely would lose power at least once a day. You would have those rolling brownouts all the time. Yeah. Uh, like, I, you know, I would always hook my, my computer up to, a, like, a battery backup system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was constantly kicking on and off. And, like, the the power was so unstable, it killed the battery in that UPS within a couple of months. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, it was just, like, the UPS was shot just because the battery was just constantly being worked. Uh, and we would lose water. A couple times a week. That was that one wasn't an everyday thing, but a couple times a week, uh, the water would go out. And, but it was beautiful. I, I assume if you go to vacation there, you stay like at a resort. Yeah. Like they deal with all of that. Uh, but when you're actually living there, it's a uh, it was a lot more difficult. And I didn't live like in San Juan. I lived out in like a, a small city on the northwest corner of the island, Calawadia. <laughs> and uh, I'm saying, Jeff, what was that? He's uh, laughing. I know why he's laughing. He knows why I'm laughing. Calawadia. Uh, here's why I'm laughing. Because do, do you remember the Thomas Jane <laughs> exactly classic, like, The Punisher? It, oh, yeah. it is like we share the same brain. I love it. Uh-huh. Uh, well, <laughs> we talk, well, let me say this. You tell it. You, you, you remember how we talked about how in the in old Austin they would publish on the Chronicle, the Austin Chronicle, the free the free rag, yeah, uh, where you could get movie tickets early. Yeah, one of the movies that Gus and I saw early because we stood in line for three hours at a clothing store or something, was Thomas Jane's Punisher. Yeah. And we went and we got to see that movie earlier, early. And he hadn't been back from Puerto Rico that long. I had just, it was like the week after I got yeah, back, maybe. Yeah, you'd been back very, very briefly, or very recently. And we sit down and we watch it, and the fucking movie opens in, like, this picturesque, like, I don't know, beautiful beach setting. And there's this long pier, I remember, yeah. going out to a boat or something. And it looks like, it looks like, a billionaire's palace, uh-huh. and and it says Agua the uh, Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico, and Gus is like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I think I screamed out loud in the movie in the theater. Movies, it's like honest reaction, like what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a small town uh, on the northwest corner of Puerto Rico. There's a there is an airport there. It's a, like an old Air Force base. But um, I was uh, you know I was I was thinking about things that I would do back then. You know, would spend a lot of time on the beach. Believe it or not, uh, went surfing a little bit. Um, uh, and I remember like trying to to still like stay in contact with you guys outside of just like 
Red versus Blue and Richard Heath stuff. And, you know, I remember that we were super excited about Star Wars Galaxies coming out, which is like the big Star Wars MMO. And it came out while I was down there. And, like, the town I lived in was was so small we didn't have, like, a video game store. I had to drive over to the next town over called Maya Wes, which is, like, down further south on the coast, and go down to, like, a GameStop there and buy Star Wars Galaxies and, like, go back up to my... Uh, to my house and install it and, and play with you guys and i remember just like being up all night long playing galaxies trying to find holocron so one of us could become a jedi or just like sightseeing being like let's go see if we can find obi-wan's oh, hut yeah because they had everything modeled out in that game i remember i had so much fun just like sightseeing in that game we find like obi-wan's hut and you're like huh let's see how long of a walk it is to java's palace right <laughs> it's a very it's far. very it long far. he was safe yeah he was far away <laughs> uh he definitely picked a safe place to to put his hut uh yeah, that was. I remember being really scared. Well, maybe that's no. I think scared is right. Scared when Gus moved to Puerto Rico because Gus was my best friend and we we were inseparable and we spent all of our time together. Right. You know, he lived with me off and on, and we we you know we made we worked together, we yeah. played together, we drank together, we spent all of our time together, and I was so fucking heartbroken that he was going to leave. And I knew it was temporary. He was only going to go for like a year to get that experience yeah. and come back to me. Uh, he wasn't leaving me forever, and, and, if, <laughs> and, if, and it, it is true what they say: if you love something, set it free. If it comes back, it's yours. It's <laughs> mine. Uh, I was I, gone. For, I, I lived there for a little over a year, and I remember just being so bummed that he left. And then, less than a month into Gus living in Puerto Rico, I realized this hasn't impacted our friendship in any way whatsoever. All we do is text, and all we do is play video games yeah. together, and we are still playing <laughs> Galaxies together every fucking day. And so I, it's like he's in the other room. Yeah. Huh. I just don't have to smell him. Technically, it wasn't text. It was AOL and some messenger. Yeah, aim. But yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, uh, it, it it was fun. I, I would, it's a beautiful place. I highly recommend people visit. Uh, check it out. You don't you don't need a passport to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, two thousand three, the technical hurdles, and not just we're losing power. Now we just do remote shows. Yeah. Now, now you just have people dial in on a link, and it's so easy, and there's almost no lag, and it's fine. I, I just can't imagine what that was like in 2003 to try to get anything to work. It wasn't great. So luckily, uh, ooh, what happened to my uh, voice there? Luckily, <laughs> um, you know, the the real the 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 bulk of it was recording audio, and you know, they like I said, they were in Austin recording it off the speakerphone. They put a microphone up to it, which was fine. That worked. Uh, the other stuff I was doing, like as far as like taking care of the website like all of that's text-based stuff you know it's just like connect to like a like a linux prompt and just type shit so it's not like there was a bunch of bandwidth going through like that stuff was easy um that we weren't i wasn't like remote remoting into a computer and seeing a desktop and like doing that kind of stuff when did you move home like move back to austin yeah um that was in 04 i want to say it was like march or april 04 so that would have been Somewhere in season two. Yeah, it was right before. I think uh, I came back right before we started season two production. Okay, because I remember thanks, no, that, Thanksgiving that, was when we started bundling DVDs. Yeah, that can't be right, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Because we premiered episode one of season two at the Lincoln Center. Yeah. And that was January 04. Yeah. Uh, so I must have come back early. You were back for that. You hadn't. You weren't. Like, I, visiting? I came back to visit for that. Okay. Uh, so what I mean is, like, I wasn't here right at the start. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. So then you're back somewhere early in season two. Yeah. And Matt would have moved back, well, moved back, moved to Austin somewhere around then as well? No, he came back like a year later. A year it later. It was before season three. Before season Matt, three. Okay. Uh, uh, moved back. Or <laughs> he did live in Austin. So it is, it is I guess appropriate it counts to say, as moved back. He did go to college. Yeah. yeah. 
okay. So then, and then, so season two, it's me, you, and Bernie. Yeah, I did show up a few times during season one to help with some filming. Of course. Uh, I remember specifically season 10, the long tracking shot in Sidewinder. I'm sorry, did I say season 10? I meant episode 10. Episode 10, 10 yeah. Uh, the long tracking shot in Sidewinder, Private Jimmy getting beat to death with a skull. Like yeah. I was here for um, I remember you being here that. for that, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but in earnest back early season two uh, to help with all of that stuff. So then it was, I'm just trying to put the timeline of work together. So, th- so season one well, was probably the simplest season, largely because it was mostly Bernie and I. And then you would come in to help out, Matt flew down a couple times to help out. Jason would help sometimes. Yeah, I was Dan, Dan, helped, well. Dan helped occasionally. Mm-hmm. And then season two, you're back full time. And then so that's the crew until we bring Matt in season three. And then it would be season five. We were making the season five DVD when Joel moved to Austin. Yeah, and that was at the Buta apartment. So we were in the spare bedroom. And Nathan was already working for us for a while at that yeah. point. Yeah. Nathan, uh, when did we move to the apartment in Buda? Cause, uh, season three, maybe? No, because I think Matt no, was season there. No, season four. Season four. Then we moved to the apartment in Buda. Yeah. Then we were there for four and five. And then it was after season five, we left the apartment in Buda and went to the office downtown because that we took that little bit of a break and then it was reconstruction was at the downtown it, office. It definitely wasn't season three because I remember sitting in Bernie's dining room as he gave us the scripts for season three to read through, and I didn't like the the scene where it's like the protect the flag, protect the flag with yeah. the little guys running around the, grunts. The, the grunts. I wasn't blown away by that. I remember thinking like, that's eh, okay, and he got so mad at me for not liking that. <laughs> I remember he was like furious yeah, that, about right. <laughs> that I didn't get it, and I'm like, it's okay, I, I like it. And it turned out to be some of the funniest shit ever. Yeah, people you know? love that. It's always that's always the case. Uh, uh, yeah, and I, <laughs> he would always get mad at us because I think we've talked about it before. When I moved back, didn't have a lot of money, and I tried to keep you know. I was trying to do this full time, so I lived with Jeff to keep my expenses down. Like I didn't have to pay Jeff rent. Uh, I didn't have really much savings, so I bought the cheapest vehicle I could. So I bought it like an old 1964 Chevy pickup, which we've talked about before. And uh, so we would, you know, and then you bought like a, a 66 or a 67 Chevy pickup. So we drove these old pickups around, and we would drive them down to Bernie's house, and you would get so mad at us because we <laughs> we would have to park there. So he built, like, a little extension to his driveway, like he called it the parking pad for us to park on, but those trucks leaked so much oil and gas that that parking pad went from, like, being brand new, fresh concrete to just being disgustingly, like, brownish, blackish. fucking hated my truck because it leaked all over his driveway. But then anytime like, somebody wanted to come film, he was always like, bring the truck down, yep. we'll use it as a set piece, we'll all stand behind it, like, I don't hate it. <laughs> but, man, we wrecked that parking yeah, pad. It was, it was not good. Can I just say... I kind I loved how easy it was to fuck with Bernie in those days. <laughs> he was so easy to annoy, and it was so. It was, I felt like I had a superpower for getting under that guy's skin. You did. You yeah. really did. Uh, oh man, that was, a super, that was your superpower in general was getting under anybody's skin. <laughs> you think so? Really? Like even right now when you tell these stories, you're like, oh, I, I can tell the story in the right way to, to get get a reaction out of Gus. It's, it's like you're. It's what you do. You know, like people's. You know, like the scab to pick at to get a rise out of people, and you—I think you do it subconsciously sometimes. Yeah, you do something long enough. I think it just becomes like uh, it just becomes uh, like second nature. Sens- yeah, second nature. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we went down there. Then we went over to the apartment. I remember thinking the apartment was awesome when we moved in. Like oh, it, it was. It was like it was going to be great because it was always 
I always felt really guilty when we worked out of Bernie's spare bedroom because, you know, obviously his family was there, you know, his yeah, wife, two small his, kids his trying kids. to, go to have bedtime at 9 p.m. Right. We're, we're like screaming. We're in the next bedroom over till four in the morning screaming into microphones. Yeah, it was. It, like, yeah, it was. It was like it, even though we spent so much time there and uh, it, I, I always felt like we were intruding, even like leaving the spare bedroom to go to the bathroom across the hall. I remember yeah. like in the middle of the night, like trying to open and close the door super quietly and like tiptoeing uh, to go use that bathroom and just like like always like never wanting to inconvenience anyone even though we were really or trying to like, work hard. I always hated because I'd go down to get like a Coke or something from the kitchen and you like tiptoe down and you're trying not to make any noise and then Bernie's first wife Jordan would walk through and you're like oh, I'm so sorry yeah, I'm, yeah. Here. I'm in your space I'm so sorry and she'd be like shut up idiot it's fine she dude, was cool dude, but I would never go downstairs to get anything I would be dying of thirst upstairs <laughs> in the spare bedroom it's like this is preferable to going downstairs and potentially having an awkward encounter dude she was a, she was a fucking saint for putting up with us because yeah. it was like it started out as like a two nights a week kind of thing and then within Two months, I was there six to seven nights a week, oh every single week. <sighs> it was yeah. just, it became, you know, it, we, we always joke about how it was another full-time job, but it really was like, Gus and I worked at the call center at Tele Network. Uh, we may have had different schedules or whatever, but like for me, it was, I had to be at work at 7 a.m. I had the 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. shift at uh, yeah. floor manager. So I would, I would be there from 6.45 to like 4.15 or whatever, go home, eat dinner, package up some DVDs, after like September or whatever of 2003, then drive the fucking 40 minutes to Bernie's house, yeah. 30 minutes to Bernie's house, and then be there till three or four in the morning and then drive home oh 40 minutes, yeah. get two hours of sleep and do it again. Can you imagine making that drive nowadays with traffic the way it is? That be impossible. trip would take like double what, yeah. it, what it took Easily. back then. Yeah. How long were you guys in that spare bedroom doing that? Uh, probably three years? No, like two, two really years? Did, three years? Four years? Two or three years. Two, year, two and a half years, maybe? Yeah, two and a half years, maybe. Oh, my God. And then the apartment. No, one, no the, one thought we should get out of here in two and a half well, and then years? We went to the everybody apartment. thought we should get out of there. <laughs> but nobody but, did anything? But it, the, the, Bernie didn't have to go anywhere. It was like Bernie didn't have to put pants on. He was uh, fucking got, set. Well, yeah, hey, I forgot about Plus that Plus, also, it was, what were we going to do? You know, if we, like, leased office space, then it's like, then you're on the hook for a lease. And then, it's like, it's a, if, then it's a business. Right, what if this thing goes away? Then yeah. it's like, oh, shit, we have to pay, like, a year's worth of uh, a lease for this thing. I think that's why we ended up getting the apartment. It's like, oh, it's, a, you know, it's cheaper. It's an apartment kind of in the suburbs. Um, it's, it's, you know, we, we, can, we can make this work, if, even if the rug gets pulled out the day after we sign this lease. It's like, you know, <laughs> in hindsight, it seems easy, but even though we had a very good relationship from almost day one with Bungie and Microsoft because they discovered us and they, they got what we were doing and, and they told us they appreciated it and they, they appreciated that we were, you know, basically turning, creating South Park out of, out of, out of Halo and it was great marketing for them and they got it. And, and I, I, you know, I owe my entire career, I think we both owe our entire yeah. career to a couple of forward-thinking people, yeah. at, like, a couple of people like Pete Parsons who really understood what we were doing uh, and allowed us to continue to do it. And the lawyers. Uh, and the lawyers, <laughs> but even then, I, I think it's impossible to, to over-explain how stressful it was to be building a legitimate company on IP that we didn't own. Yeah, it, like we went to we went we went to make Red versus Blue every day, and I say this without exaggeration: for the first seven years of that company, every day I went to work thinking today might be the last day. Today's the day they could call us today and it's over. That, that that's why I never bought like a newer car. Yeah. and that's why like I tried to keep you know, expenses down. It's like if this goes away, I don't want to be on the hook for for much. And um, 
Uh, yeah, it was it was it was nerve wracking, and you know, lots of times when when things change at big companies, like Microsoft's a huge company, right? It's one of the biggest in the world. Like managers change. It's like someone comes in new, and they're like, "Oh, I don't like this thing." Company this policy some, change. Right. This was someone change. else's project. Yeah. I don't care about this thing. Get rid of it. Uh, you're always like at that whim. You know, not that anyone did that. Yeah, it did that, but it's it's just something that that hangs over your your head. That's it, a possibility at any time. They were always only supportive. I got to I got to yeah. say honestly, they really were supportive in in so many ways and they really didn't need to be or have to be. Yeah. Uh and it was we were so so very fortunate, but it was still it's just like and that's why we tried to diversify. Yeah. As quickly as we did, it took as, long took as many. It did. It took us forever, but we built a commercial business where we were doing commercials. Yeah, we were doing you know custom gigs for for private corporations and stuff. We were doing the GameStop stuff. That's why we started the Strangerhood. It's why yeah. we started podcasting. It's why we started animation. It was all so that like, if one project went under, the company didn't go under. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a lot. I remember we. That was always our big thing. It's like, man, we are so single threaded as yeah. a company. It was. Just, it was always our worry. You know, how, how are we going to diversify this? And it took us a long time, just because we were so underwater on the work for so long. And and it's so scary because, like, at this point, Gus left a very good day job. Oh yeah, my, I left my job was great. the best day job I was at. I'm. I barely graduated high school in Alabama. Congratulations! I got offered vice presidency of a company yeah. at 27, and I had to turn it down for Red versus Blue. Like. I was never getting that opportunity again. If Red vs. Blue didn't make didn't work, we're, I would be in jail. We're, right, we're right now. down the road from the porn store that didn't hire you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'd have had to go back and apply again. Not even good enough to work like, at the porn store. It had it had to work. Yeah, because we we had all Bernie gave up a tremendous career at Tele yeah. Network as the president. Like, and Matt was there too. And Matt Matt. Was there. <laughs> No, no, Matt had a was no, a very Matt accomplished. Was, uh, that was so fucking successful in, in visual effects. That was yeah. that was a fucking rocket ship. Matt left Hollywood. <laughs> Matt left Hollywood. Yeah. Matt left a successful you, career in Hollywood. Have you ever seen that Sylvester? It was Sylvester Stallone racing movie, right? Yeah. Was it Driven? Drive. No. Driven. Drive Driven. is the, the 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 other movie. Uh, Driven. You ever seen that movie? It's like Sylvester Stallone plays like a race car driver. Yeah, like F one driver kind of. Is it like for like the late nineties? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Um, Matt did visual effects on that. And if you what? ever go back and watch that movie, there's like a scene where a tire comes off a car and goes in and crushes someone in the crowd. Okay. Matt's the dude in the crowd that gets crushed. He put himself in. He put himself in the movie as like a dude getting crushed by the tire. That rules. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. That's so cool. I don't Matt watch helped that now. make Scrappy, Scrappy Zilla, didn't he? Scrappy Rex. Is Scrappy that what Rex. Called? Is yeah. that what it, in the Scooby Doo movie? How crazy. Yeah. That's bizarre. Matt's a very, very talented guy. Very talented guy. This episode is brought to you by Aura Frames. Do you have pets? Are you like me? Do you take a lot of pictures of your pets and then they just sit on your phone and you don't look at them? You know what you could be doing with those uh, pictures you take in your pet? You could be putting them into an Aura digital photo frame. It's named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, New York Mag, and Wired. Aura Frames are the easiest gift for all occasions coming up on your calendar and the perfect addition to your home. Every Aura Frame is thoughtfully designed to fit any decor style with premium touches like stone-inspired textures, hand-speckled finish, and classic matting. All you do is you simply connect it to Wi-Fi and use the free Aura app to add unlimited pictures and videos from anywhere in the world with no fees ever. Uh, with wedding season and Mother's Day on the horizon, Aura's here with some gifting pro tips. Did you know if you buy an Aura frame for a loved one, you can preload it with your favorite pictures so they're ready to enjoy it upon delivery? And if you're gifting multiple frames to family members, you can share pics to their frames all in one click. With over 3 million users, it's safe to say that Aura magic is very real. 
Right now, our listeners can take advantage of Aura's best-selling Carver Frames at their lowest price yet this time of year at $149. Just go to AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. And listeners can use code ANMA to get free shipping at checkout. Don't miss out on the gift of a lifetime. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, really getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Hey, you know, that's part of life. You're not just like a robot. You don't get your programming and then that's what you live with. You adapt and change as life goes on and as you learn things. And therapy is about deepening your self-awareness and that understanding of yourself. Because sometimes, you know, we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. Well, BetterHelp can connect you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you want, you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So discover your true potential with BetterHelp. Uh, visit BetterHelp.com slash Anima today to get 10% off your first month. It's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Anima. Uh, like I said, 10% off your first month. BetterHelp.com slash Anima. You talk about being single-threaded as a company. When did that expand? Because when I think of you guys, it's mostly, like, it's not just the red versus blue stuff. Because that's what, like, when I was in high school like right at like the end of high school that's when you guys were starting and that's when i saw red versus blue but then the stuff that i really knew you for like later with the live action stuff and then conventions yeah, obviously yeah, that all but like when was that that was all to the downtown office so that would have been like well conventions started immediately but right yeah that was that was down there but the live action stuff and really the diversification happened after season six that would have been at downtown that would have been like oh eight oh seven oh seven oh eight but 08. we we, but we were actively working on that and trying to get there almost from day one. I think we all saw the potential of where we could take this thing, and we all saw the risks of being single-threaded. So we were trying to build out those next things. But it's so hard. It's so hard, especially when you strike lightning in the way that we did mm-hmm. with Red versus Blue. Uh, you know, what is the thing that kills most production companies? The second production, oh, yeah. right? The sophomore release. Mm-hmm. You have a banger that comes out, and then you have to follow that up with something, and it's almost always a failure. And we had to make sure that whatever our second thing was helped extend the company. And I guess technically that would be the strangerhood, and I I don't know if you'd call that a success yeah, or a failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we... That was hard. It was, <laughs> that was hard. It, it, we definitely didn't... From a manpower standpoint, I don't think we made our money back. I mean, that was yeah. like two years of, of Matt's life. Wow. Uh, but uh, but you know, we were we set out to make sure that whatever like additional productions we made were going to be fucking awesome. And it takes time to make that stuff. It, it takes time to formulate those ideas and figure it out. It, it's it's the same like the music industry, right? It's like you have your whole life to make your first record, and then you have like a year to make your second one. That's what I was going to bring up yeah. just now. Uh, it doesn't feel like with Red versus Blue that was a thing you guys had been waiting your whole life to make. That seemed like a thing where you went, oh, this will be, yeah, we'll just, we'll do this. This will be fun. And it's a thing you did. And so the sophomore release not being such a stumble doesn't really surprise me. Because it's not like you had 20 years to be like, this, and this, right. my idea is Red, Red, Red versus Blue wasn't the story Bernie had been writing yes. since he was eight years old exactly. in his bed. Yeah. Exactly. This was a thing where it's just like, oh, it's the right people. It is lightning in a bottle, like you said. It's the right people at the right place at the right time, and that's it. So, yeah, then you have to, like, 
come up with another miracle. So it's even worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, get lucky again, idiot. That's why I always think, like, I'm always I'm so blown away and I feel so fortunate because we really struck lightning with Red versus Blue and Rooster Teeth. And that company in in a lot of ways no longer exists. And that's fine. You know, that's it was it was very 2003 to 2010 was a place and a time. And then I was very lucky to have success with Achievement Hunter and kind of strike lightning again. That also started at the downtown office. It also started at the downtown office. Gus clearly struck struck lightning with the broadcast department and yeah. the RT podcast. And, and the fact that we're talking on a microphone right now is only because of Gus's forethought and foresight and prescience. As, as we've mentioned, it was spite. And spite. <laughs> a lot of stuff gets done out of spite and rooster teeth. I'll be honest with you. A lot of my success is from spite, too. Uh, and then to be able to strike lightning or have lightning strike a third time, I guess you could say with like the Let's Play stuff, but, but I, I'll ignore that and just say... Face. Yeah, you know, and oh, I think era. I think podcasting is the era that we're in, and like being able Wild. to like flex in like a totally different way is such a cool thing. Yeah, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Well, it's interesting because you know when some of the podcasts we do have a very niche market, right? It's not like you're trying to write something to, or not right. It's not like you're trying to produce something to cast the widest net possible and draw in as many people as possible. Like a lot of these can be hyper-focused. It's like we're going after specifically these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Black Box Down is specifically people who want to learn about plane crashes. This podcast, like people want to hear stories from 20 years ago. Uh, it's <laughs> not any random person's going to be like, oh, this is something I'm going to listen and get yeah. into. Right, right, so right. So it's, right. it's, it, it, it's really about the passion about the topic mm-hmm. and uh, getting that to come through. Yeah. Uh, I think that you guys doing it for so long is a testament to the spite that you have within you to be able to continue <laughs> <laughs> where where everyone's going well, you can't do this and you go I'll fucking show you yeah i am i am solely motivated by I'll fucking show you yeah i have been my entire life yeah. that's all that matters i think it's like, it's, you and i share that for yeah sure. i think we really do i really yeah. do it's why like it's why i watch like <laughs> That's why I appreciate guys like Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, you really do. <laughs> you really do. Like he did. He he his his entire life was fuck you, right? <laughs> I'll show you. You said what about me in yeah. an interview that I heard? The wildest stuff was when you would make up. Oh yeah, encounters he would just, in his head. Yeah, to get yeah. Mad. <laughs> to get fine reasons. Yeah, to get you, you got to do what you got to do. Um, so you moved back from Puerto Rico, then lived in. Jeff's house and worked out of Bernie's apartment. What was it like when you find when you guys finally got that other apartment? When you had like a space that was just for this company? Did, did I now? I want to say, was it so cool and you went, "Wow, we're really making something happen," or was it like putting a bunch of rabbit dogs in a hovel and going like, "Fight for it now"? I think it was extremely unhealthy because <laughs> my attitude at the time was, "This is great." I can work 24 hours a day now. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Right. It's like there's a sofa. We don't have to go home. Right. It's like I, I I can just I can just sleep here and just I'll work all the time. Like it was like that's not good when you're you know in your early 20s. Yeah. I guess if it's your thing, right? Uh, man, that was <laughs> that was not healthy. That was not good. It at wasn't all. healthy, but we, like we locked ourselves off from. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. It's part of why we had this podcast to to revisit Austin because yeah. we missed so much of it. Yep. <laughs> um, and it was. Um, not a clean place. It was Jeff. I don't know if I ever mentioned this. Jeff had a fingernail drawer. Yeah. A what? I used to 
I, I have like I can't stand fingernails, so I'm always cutting my fingernails. I always have fingernail clippers on me at all times. Do you chew your fingernails? No, no, gross. No, I just cut them with fingernail clippers. Just want to point out the man with the fingernail drawer just said gross. I don't <laughs> chew my nails. So I would do it. I I did it once because I thought like I needed to cut my fingernail and I was working and I thought oh I'll just do it in the drawer. Like at his desk at work he opened the top and drawer and throw it away later right and Gus saw it and was like and here's this goes back to what we were talking about Eric Gus saw it and he was like that's fucking gross you're so gross that's disgusting and I went. Well, now I'm only cutting my fingernails in this drawer for the rest of my life. And so the entire time we worked there, I cut my fingernails in that drawer just to piss him off. We sat, like, we were both on our desk were in the living room of this apartment. He was, like, over, like, closer to the kitchen. I was closer to the door. So he was to my left. And I remember looking over, like, what the fuck are you doing? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm doing it. The thing I'm going to be doing every fucking three days for the rest of the time yeah, we're here. That drawer got filled with fingernails over the next couple and of years. And I dump it out every once in a while. Would you? You did not. <laughs> I did. That thing was fucking full of fingernails all the time. He would never dump it out. He's That, that is a retcon. Vile. <laughs> Vile. Um, oh, man. We, yeah, it was, uh, like, what was it? One, two, three, four, five. There's six of us in that apartment. Uh, and it was just, it was... Did everyone have, like, a desk and everything? Yeah, it was yeah. me, Gus, and Nathan in the front of the house, Jason in the middle in the laundry nook, and then Matt and Bernie in the in back. In the bedroom in the back. Yeah, Matt on the left, Bernie on the right. Uh, and so it was just, you know, six people spending, you know, practically 24 hours a day in an, a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. It's too much, yeah. especially when everyone's so focused on work. Like, there was never a – it was very rare. It was like a, hey, let's clean up today. You know, it was yeah. just like yeah. – uh, just it was a misery yeah. in there we i remember that was also the era where bernie had a brilliant idea and i really to this day i appreciate it because we were working so much and we were so exhausted uh we didn't hire cleaners i don't know i don't know why later. we didn't have that idea but the idea he had is he had a massage therapist come every friday and give everybody 20 minute massages and so she would come and set up in that the, ruled. and we would all get like a massage on fridays and like, if you had your allergies acting she'd give you a sinus massage too that's true that's true and he would like drain your sinuses and she would yeah. and she she was in love with joel and joel joel always got a couple extra minutes on his massages <laughs> I always thought that was bullshit. Ridiculous. What are you going to do? Wow, how, what, that's such a good idea. What, yeah. a, what a great, that's a smart move. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Um, it really helped, too. I, I remember I would get into a routine there. You know, you, like you said, that couch was in the living room. I would get into a routine where, you know, we would work throughout the morning, go eat lunch, and after lunch I would come back and take a little siesta. I don't know if you remember this. I'd, yeah. like, lay down on the couch and take, like, a 30-minute nap, and then wake up and be like, man, that was great. <laughs> Time to that, get back to it. That was another thing, too, is, like, we all had kind of different schedules. So I, Bernie and I had small kids, and so we were very early risers. And so I had to, Millie had to be at, like, preschool by, like, 7.15 or something. And so I would be at, at work by... 745 or 8 and Bernie would always be there early too and we would sit on that sofa and drink coffee and there was this show that used to come on do you remember this called Sunrise Earth and we would oh, sit yeah, and we yeah. would watch Sunrise Earth we wouldn't talk we would just sit quietly and it was just this show that was on like Travel Channel or whatever and it just showed high definition footage of the sun rising in different locations like oh over a mountain over a beach in you know in the sticks wherever and we would just sit there for half an hour and just drink coffee and watch Sunrise Earth together and then, then spend the day fighting. It's <laughs> <laughs> so dystopian. That's like so. Yeah, we would. It was sit. our. It was our. It was our special time <laughs> together. Yeah, so it's like funny. we can't watch the actual sunrise. We're gonna sit here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, I already saw yeah. one sunrise today. I'm gonna watch four more while I have this coffee. That's some of my best memories of Bernie. Is uh, us watching that together. Though. Sitting quietly, <laughs> just sitting quietly together, close to each other, and just watching. 
the same watching the sunrise. Some of my favorite Bernie memories. We sat quietly <laughs> and watched the sunrise. <laughs> And uh, I know if he hears this, which I hopefully he won't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if he hears this, he'll go. Yeah, I feel the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he does. Um, we should talk about the coffee. So we're at Patika, yeah, uh, which is right down the street from a bar that I love called Golden Goose. I think that bar's fucking awesome. I've never been there. Has a great jukebox that doesn't take quarters and doesn't take cards. Maybe it takes dollar bills. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's only dollar bills, but pretty good stuff. I mean, if you want to hear all of um, Billy Joel's stuff. I do. Then that is the bar for you. Uh, nice. It's a great spot. But uh, Patika is a little, it's not really tucked away. It's right on the road, but it is it's a little to hard to spot. It's next to the store storage yeah. and wine cellar. Um, it is, it's right next to Laurel. Weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, big, big parking lot in the back that I guess for overflow parking. Yeah, and it, we are, it's busy. so we found a spot that is like a breakfast place, I guess. There was no one here when we yeah, got I here. Think this, they make the food here for Patika. Oh. Like they keep, like they, you can't order here. They keep running it into Patika. Okay. I think this is the kitchen. Okay, ah. so the kitchen's a trailer out back. Yeah. We found a spot, like this is just like a little area in the back where this is probably what they did for COVID, right? Yeah. Like it was just like this yeah. area back here. And we just sat down and now it's like filled up. Yeah, like there's, there's, like a, there's like a bunch before. of people here. It's happened. Monday morning. They're staying away from us. Yeah, yeah, they're wow. smart. I wouldn't want to listen to us either. Um, now let's get into the Listen, coffee. Twelve people on uh, on Spotify disagree <laughs> with them. Let's get into the coffee. Um, I got the drip. Uh, Jeff got the cold brew, and uh, Gus got the americano. If you didn't know, that's what that's our typical order. Yeah. We everywhere get. we go, uh, unless something like um, all gimmicks happens where they go, well, we're out of everything. <laughs> we can just make oh, hot man. americano. Let's go back there. <laughs> they, yeah. um, what do you think they're doing right now? <laughs> standing what, around what movie, thinking about tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Patika? Um, it was kind of bitter. Really? Uh, yeah, it was. A, it was a. It was a bitter pull on the espresso for my americano. Mm. It. Uh, yeah, it's, it wakes you up. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what do you give it? Uh, I think. I think you were right. What you said earlier about like a six point five. Yeah, mine's a six and a half. It's too uh, bitter. I. I will say that as a cup of coffee, it's not. In no means is this bad. It is a cup of coffee, and a six point five is, I think, right on the money. Okay. Right, it yeah. is. It's like. I would come back here. I would come back and get a cup of coffee if I was in the area. Yeah. I would be like, oh, I'll do this, and yeah. then whatever. Yeah, six and a half is worth rebuying. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. Not, no, it's, I wouldn't go out of my way. No, yeah. I would not, especially where this is located. I would absolutely come here if I was driving down the road. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, I need a cup. Yeah, yeah I got. Oh, I got forty-five minutes to kill. I can yeah. dip in here. Uh, I think it's. I think it's a great spot for that. It's also just a cool name, Patika. Patika. So there's two it's of them. There's this, and then there's Patika Luncheonette. Luncheonette, I guess. Over on Congress. Yeah. 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 I, when I typed it into uh, like my uh, GPS to get here, I was like, yeah. "Which one?" I'm like, "Oh, God!" This was actually suggested by an Anma listener uh, who said, "Hey, you should check out Patika." And it was I've been I went back and reevaluated our list. I was um, ah. I was going over stuff and, and looking at oh, what should we do? What haven't we hit yet? And that kind of stuff. And somebody mentioned Patika, and it was not on the list. So I put it on the list and then figured, oh, let's let's just jump right on it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there's a lot of guess that goes back to what we were talking about for like the initial thing for the show uh there's so many new coffee shops yeah and there's shit popping up all the time it is crazy yeah. had no idea when we were looking originally not on the list yeah, you mentioned this place i was like i don't yep. i don't know what that it's, is. it's never been around since before the pandemic but uh i'm not down here very often i same. guess Mm-mm. i'm not down there i'm nowhere ever every time i go anywhere in austin i'm like holy shit yeah yeah did this happened uh 
I, I feel like, how many episodes are we in now? Like 30-something? Yeah, somewhere in there. 36, I, 37? I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface. No, 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 there's so many. There's so many. We got another hundred. Yep. Easy. Uh, the suggestion was from uh, Jenny, who follows us on Twitter, at Anima Podcast. She said, if you guys want a local cafe suggestion, try Patika. They also roast their own beans, so I'd love to hear what you think. Force Gump ruined that name for me. What? Jenny? Je oh, Jenny. I watched uh, Forrest Gump the other day. My wife put it on uh, after she had surgery and just wanted something that was like very easy. That movie, I think at the time, very cool. If you watch it now, it's so fucking silly. It Jeff is It is absurd. Jeff hated that movie. It is so... Yeah. When he's sitting, uh, like the, it's like it. the Dick Cavett show or something, and then like John Lennon's there, and yeah. he's talking about going to China, and he's like, no religion... Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> hard to imagine. And John Lennon goes, "It's easy if you try." And I it's in my living room, and I started booing. <laughs> so when he, how about when he? How about when he wipes his face on a shirt and he oh, creates the, the, the fucking the smiley, smiley face? face. Yeah. Oh god! Like it's so fucking over the top, goofy. That's not what I hated about it, though. My my prejudice was just that it's hard enough to be from Alabama. Yeah, yep. yep. It's hard enough to yep. be from Alabama. Mm -hmm. I don't need I don't need that. Yep. I don't need all that Balabatri shit. I, I grew up right by there. It's like that. I don't yeah. need. <laughs> I also think that there's like a there's like a sequel book. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. I think they like retcon Jenny where she like doesn't get HIV. It's like so. There's a lot of controversy over whether she got HIV or hep hepatitis. And so, like, in the book, in, like, the second book, like, she had hepatitis. And it's like, hepatitis is what? That hmm. doesn't seem right. Yeah, I always thought it was HIV in the movie. Yeah. They, I think I think it's because was it, it was... Like, it was changed for the book. When oh HIV, was a, HIV was a big deal, yeah, but... That, oh, it's gone. Damn it. Might have been <laughs> you, you almost got a crack attack. <laughs> you almost got cracked. <laughs> um, okay. Last thing. Uh, ending segment now. Because uh, we can't guess the name anymore. Right. You, you can. Uh, well, no. No, no. We got it. I've been telling people. I've been replying to people who keep <laughs> guessing names, and I go, no, that's not it. Keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I brought up to Torgard. I said, you can be the first one. You can test drive this segment for me. We okay. can see if it works. I want a prompt for you guys where it's just like, what jogs your memory about this? Is there anything you want to talk to about this? Yeah. Okay. Could be about some work that you've done or just you in general, whatever. And um, I wanted it to be an AMA type thing, but more anarchy. Uh, yeah. And uh -huh. um, truly Torgard came through. <laughs> I'm very interested to hear what it was like for them during the 2008 financial crisis. You know, what's funny, we do that, we do have a story about that. Are you serious? Yeah. This is great. I think when that happened, we were in the downtown office. Oh yeah. And you know, we were still very lean. You know, we didn't take investment money. It was like all, you know, from us. It was all our doing. And, you know, things were going nuts. And I think we viewed it as an opportunity for us. Mm -hmm. We thought, you know, when things are bad, people want to laugh and get their mind relieved off of these things. So we thought if we just keep making funny content, people will want to come here. And it's a, you know, we're providing free content. People can give us money if they want. It's a huge growth opportunity for us to distract people from uh, what's going on Absolutely. in the world. Yeah. Um, and then on a more selfish level, I was finally able to buy a house in Austin. Nice. So I was like, oh, you know, uh, think interest rates are going to, you know, level off. And the market didn't really, the housing market didn't really go down in Austin, but it leveled off a it little leveled bit. Off, yeah. uh, so I was able to buy uh, a house here, which, I have was, a, which was tough. I have a funny anecdote from that time period. We had, uh, you know, a 
company, we're, we're a legitimate company, right? So we had a retirement plan, we have health insurance, all that yep. stuff. And so in our 401k plan, we had moved from one provider to another yeah. in 2008. And actually we moved in 2007. And in the process, everybody was fine but me. Oh, I forgot about this. They lost my money. They lost my 401k money. What does that mean? They lost a check. They couldn't find it. Like, they knew that it existed. They had a record of it, but they just couldn't tell where it was in the process of being switched from one company to the other. And so when the market crashed and everybody lost a ton of money, my money was sitting stuck in cash because I had been cashed out before yeah. in 20, 2007, and it was just lost. So... The moral of the story is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get these na- these dates wrong, so don't double check me. But the, the intent is the same, and about the time is the same. I want to say the market hit rock bottom on like March 9th of 2008. They found my money on March 11th and invested it, and so it ended up being I doubled wow, that, my money that year. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that went a long <laughs> it, way, bud. It like seriously, like that was ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow. So like I got in, I got in two days after the market. Uh, I got out before the market crashed, and uh, through, through no work of my <laughs> you own. did nothing. Yeah. No, through someone else's mistake. Through someone else's mistake, and then I got reinvested two days after the rock bottom. That's incredible. Yeah. It was insane. That is unreal. I've yeah. never heard that. It was, it was very lucky for me. Yeah, I think lots of times when 401ks are moved, it's not like an electronic transfer. No. It's like yeah. one company cuts a check yeah. and mails it to another company. Yeah. Wow. It's a stupid, stupid process. No. He doubled his money. <laughs> I think it's a great process. It just worked out well for me. I got very lucky on that one. Um, I will say... Torgard test driving the segment. Way to go, man! Great Knocked job, it out Torgard. of the park. They, uh, yeah. I will say when he uh, when he initially pitched 2008 financial crisis, I laughed, and he's like, "Well, you can also ask him about like this other thing or whatever." And it was just like, "Oh, how was what was it like working with some of these companies in like the early days?" I love the direction of 2008 financial yeah. crisis. Fantastic. Well, it comes back around. I mean, it's, it's very topical now yeah. with bank failure uh, back in the front of everyone's mind. No yeah. shit. Wow, way to go, Torgard. Well, if you want to send us an Anarchy Me Anywhere segment, uh, you can. You could send a question. Anarchy Me Anything. You said anywhere. <sighs> yeah, you did. Uh, well, if you want to... it's an audio podcast because that thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to send us a question, you can at Anima Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. You have a lot more luck on twitter but i mean i guess you can just comment the question on the pictures on instagram because i'm not checking messages i'm not crazy um so tweet at us uh let us know your question and maybe you'll get featured on the anarchy me anything uh segment of this podcast the anarchy me anything podcast oh right um mugs coming soon i think still fingers crossed um we're still working on it uh you should check out, uh, get tickets to RTX because we are going to be doing a live show there. Um, yeah, there's early bird pricing through the end of March. Yeah. And that's July 7th to 9th here yeah. in Austin. Uh, yeah, we're not doing 4th of July weekend. It's the weekend after, which I'm super into because uh, it's going to be just as hot, but uh, I, no can fireworks. Do some, I can do something else for the fireworks, yeah. which mm. will be very nice. Uh, it won't be on Barbara's birthday. Well, uh, Barbara Dunkelman, not my wife. Mm. Uh, very confusing. It also will not be on my wife's birthday. <laughs> 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 but that's not even close. Um any final thoughts? Anything you want to leave these folks with uh, before we take off for this episode of Anma? Um, invest in a four hundred one k and have them pull it out right before a crash. Yeah. Well, the the reality is, invest in a four hundred one k or retirement or an IRA or whatever you have access to as early and as soon as possible. There you go. Old More, man advice from yeah, old man. Oh boy, no kidding. All right, we're gonna go check Zillow prices after this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>